0: Low back pain causes more years with lived disability than any other health condition. And this week's article really showed me that as occupational therapy practitioners, we cannot, in good faith, just automatically leave low back pain patients to our PT colleagues. Back pain, like any type of pain, has biological, psychological, and environmental components. And due to this complexity, patients are most likely best served by a team with diverse skill sets, which may include your occupational therapy expertise. So, whether you see patients with low back pain or really just any type of pain, I am so glad that you are tuning in today because the research we are looking at will be helpful in understanding where we are with pain science and best practices for treating chronic pain. So let's dive in. Welcome to the OT Potential Podcast, where each week we discuss one influential OT related journal article. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Lyon, OTRL, and this week we are looking at the journal article Multidisciplinary Biopsychosocial Rehabilitation for Chronic Low Back Pain a Cochrane Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis. This article comes to us from BMJ Open. The BMJ stands for the British Medical Journal, and it was published in 2015. So as the title of this article indicates, this article was a systematic review of multidisciplinary rehabilitation versus singular discipline interventions for low back pain. Basically, what the researchers wanted to know was is it more effective to have just one professional working with low back pain patients or to have a multidisciplinary team where we are addressing low back pain from several different angles. And the article found that multidisciplinary biopsychosocial rehabilitation interventions were more effective than usual care and physical treatments alone decreasing pain and disabilities for patients with chronic low back pain. Now, there is a lot to unpack there, so let's start by looking at some of these details. And let's begin with a refresher about what this biopsychosocial model is. As the name of the model implies, the biopsychosocial model is an interdisciplinary model that looks at the interconnection between the following factors, the biological, the psychological, and the socio-environmental, basically the social and the environmental combined. And this holistic approach should sound extremely familiar to OT professionals, as we are accustomed to considering our patient situation on a holistic level. But you have to remember that this can seem like a departure from the traditional medical model, which historically has just looked at the physical aspects of pain and really focused its treatment on those physical aspects. There is a lot to read about this biopsychosocial model, both how it has just really influenced modern healthcare, but there are also critiques of it. Um, And I will link to some of my favorite resources within the OT Potential Club. But turning back to this specific journal article, let's start with what patients slash studies were included in the systematic review. So for this review, the researchers sought out studies that met the following criteria. First, more than 75% of the patients in the study had to report low back pain. And specific diagnoses that they included in their review were disc degeneration, bulging discs, facet joint dysfunction, and sacroiliac joint pain. The second criteria was that the back pain that these patients were experiencing had to be chronic, meaning that it lasted more than three months. And the third big criteria was that to be included in the systematic review, the study had to have a multidisciplinary rehabilitation approach, which was defined as being in alignment with the biopsychosocial model. Thus, a study was included if the treatments had first a physical component, but also a psychological component and or a social or work-targeted component. And these components needed to be delivered by clinicians with different clinical backgrounds. Basically, you had to have at least two different professionals involved in the care for the study to be included in the systematic review. In reviewing studies that had been published prior to 2014, 41 trials were identified that met the inclusion criteria, and they were included in the systematic review. So how is occupational therapy included in this article? The article did mention that some of the studies that they looked at focused specifically on occupational goals. But occupational therapy was not mentioned explicitly in this article as possible participants in multidisciplinary care. But the really interesting thing was neither was physical therapy. In fact, I thought the article went out of its way not to mention specific professions and instead emphasize the different training backgrounds and perspectives that are needed to deliver the biopsychosocial model versus naming exactly what those professions should be. And this is definitely a trend that we have been seeing in the research studies that we look at, where the researchers seem more concerned with what is being done in the therapy versus trying to dictate who should be doing these interventions. So what were the results of the systematic review? Overall, the results of the systematic review were favorable for multidisciplinary care, but there was definitely some nuance in what they found. 16 of the randomized controlled trials compared multidisciplinary rehab to usual care, and moderate evidence was found that multidisciplinary care was more effective in reducing long-term pain and disability. 19 randomized controlled trials compared multidisciplinary care to physical treatments alone. And together these trials showed low quality evidence that multidisciplinary care was more effective at reducing pain and disability. And the other finding that I want to highlight, which was probably my favorite, was that two trials compared multidisciplinary care to surgery and found that there were comparable outcomes between the two, which is really notable because surgery has so many more risks than our therapy treatments do. So basically, if you can get the same results from therapy versus going into a surgery, um, therapy is going to be your safer, and it didn't say this, but I assume that it is also the most cost effective. So these findings, along with more that are spelled out in the article, was enough for the researchers to conclude that this systematic review provides evidence that multidisciplinary rehabilitation programs are more effective than usual care and physical treatments in decreasing pain and disability in people with chronic low back pain. So what were my takeaways for OT practitioners from this research? As always, these are my personal takeaways. They were not mentioned specifically in the article and they're really meant to just get your wheels turning and as a discussion starter for our OT Potential Club members. My first takeaway was that it simply makes sense that a more multifaceted approach to pain may be more effective because pain itself is so multifaceted. Pain management is a topic that we have covered on this podcast on multiple occasions already, and it is going to be a prevalent topic again in 2020 because there is so much new research coming out on pain management. Pain science has just exploded over the past decade, and we are learning more and more about just basically how complicated the experience of pain is. And thus far, all of the research that we have looked at has kind of led to the same conclusion that this interdisciplinary approach is probably the best approach to dealing with chronic pain. In the OT Potential Club, I am going to link to some of my favorite resources to help you just catch up on where we're at with pain science and also refer you to the other articles that we have looked at. My second takeaway is that if your facility is not taking a holistic approach to pain, it may be time for some changes. There are some fabulous functional recovery programs scattered across the nation that have a very systematic interdisciplinary approach to pain that I think it's really good for us to have an awareness of these programs and whenever possible model our care after what is happening in these pain clinics. And it does seem to me that coupling OT and PT for pain management may be one of the most achievable and cost-effective ways to deliver this interdisciplinary care at your local facility. If you are looking for more guidance on using the biopsychosocial approach for pain management, I highly recommend a continuing education article from the AOTA, and I am going to link to that in the club because it has a lot of concrete advice for how you can be incorporating this model into your pain care. Okay, that is all that I have for you today on this article. We are obviously, again, just touching the tip of the iceberg on this topic, and I'm really excited to discuss um, the research with many of you further. But before you go, I do have one super important announcement for you. We will temporarily be closing our doors to the OT Potential Club on February 1st. So if you have been thinking about joining, now is the time to do it. As a reminder, the OT Potential podcast is an extension of the OT Potential Club. And our hope is that the club is your go-to tool for surveying new evidence, but also for digging deep in how to apply the evidence into our practices. The club is an online forum where we discuss this research with occupational therapy practitioners from around the world, and it really is where this research comes alive. But after February 1st, we will be focused on building some new features for our members like our brand new assessment search. And so we will be temporarily closing the doors to new members joining. So if you think this spring that you will be needing support with evidence-based practice, please join us today so you do not miss out you can sign in or sign up at otpotential.com slash club. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope this podcast helps you provide great care this week.